This is uh, Tony Silva in Osaka with Charles Wiz in, I guess, Osaka, Hyogo, or somewhere. Yeah, and what was that funny thing that you said at the beginning, Tony, talking and that was speaking happy, in tongues? Happy New Year. Here we are in 2013. That's right. It's a, a happy new year. So happy new year to everybody out there. That's right. 2013 and it's episode 18, Two Teachers Talking. We talk about things that work, things that don't, things that drive us crazy. And uh, and we are exactly proof that the to... Mayan apocalypse did not happen, by the way. We're past that and past that and past <laughs> another Christmas, past another New Year's. And uh, looking back, um, we talk about, um, well, what we like to think about, lessons that we learned, but... Um, Probably it's going to be more like how we screwed up. And well, I think how, how we screwed up again and lessons that, you know, we've relearned, I think, is how you put it before, Lessons right? that we re- – hopefully we have relearned and lessons that we don't forget again. Yeah, maybe we should name this this podcast Flat Learning Curve. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel sometimes, don't you? Like, mm. dear Lord, how many times wow. do I have to be hit in the head oh, over before over. I learn this lesson? Over and over, over and over, over and over. Yeah. So hopefully we'll be able to get to some of the screw ups as well as the good things we did, some things we learned, um, insights and uh, explore those. So let's start, Tony. What what do you want to kick off with? All right. Well, let's uh, um, I guess maybe go back to the beginning of the year. And it is one of the ways that um, and I I got a bunch of things that like kind of fit into this general category of, you know, just kind of keeping your wits about you and your mind open about how uh the kids are always going to surprise you you're never going to be able to anticipate mm, that's a good one's coming on they're just gonna they're just gonna blow you away and uh this was uh this was a mistake that that i made early on and there was this um it was first second week of the semester perhaps and uh and got a, you know you get an immediate feel for a class you think the experience you like, yeah, i know how these guys are all about and um you decide, you know, that these are the kids are going to respond to sugar. These are the kids are going to respond to whip. And for whatever reason, I can't remember at this point, it's like, yeah, this, these guys fell into the whip category. And there's, you know, there's a kid in the back. And for whatever visual cues I had, whether it was, you know, fashion, style, her makeup, her hair, or facial expression, I decided that this kid was needed a whip. And uh, was so applied, and uh, you know, kind of came hard, you know, came down hard on her. Gave her some choices, like, listen, you know, this is a, this is a classroom. You're, you're here to learn. If you're not here to learn, you get out. And you know, she was very surprised. Well, not a big deal, because uh, that's what often the reaction is. Because like, well, you know, this guy expects me to work here, but uh, it was a little bit different. You know, she was like, no, 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 no. I'm I'm here. Like, okay, whatever. And yeah. Um, Totally proved me wrong. She turned out to be one of the well, I don't think one of the better students in the class, but certainly one of the students that that does try and tries often and is succeeding and is doing well. And um, you know, out with a group of these uh, students uh, the other week, and he has some uh, aspirations to study overseas. So, stupid teacher. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, that's kind of along the lines of where you know we always say in the introduction that we talk about things that aren't usually talked about in the teacher's mm. room. But that's something that almost never gets talked about. I mean, that really requires a lot of trust between teachers. We say, you know, these are the filters I have, which is, you know, filters are a nice way of saying biases and prejudices. And right. everybody has them. 
I mean, I don't think I'm anywhere near the Dalai Lama, right? In terms of openness. <laughs> well, no, right, Charles? Let's run that he, one he's, again. He's got his issues as well. We'll get into that. But. Yeah, well, I would like to have his <laughs> issues, you know. I don't think he's screaming when he's caught in a traffic jam. But, yeah, there are those students, and you're right, that you or I will see them, and there's judgments I make. And um, for those people who are not in Japan, there's a kind of a, a, a style called Yankee style, right? How would you describe it? It's kind of it's a pseudo kind of what would be the gangster look, I guess. It's, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a, yeah. I don't I can't use the word punk because that like throws back to the eighties. That's right. That's not what it is at all. And it's gangster is different too. But it's it's kind of a it's not just a rebellious look, but it's a certain look which identifies you in a certain group that is not interested in being academic, is not interested in studying, and will cause trouble in the class. Would you agree? Yeah. Kind of? yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, you get a student like that, and it's really, really hard because that person's signaling to you. And we can go through all sorts of studies that show how, you know, people respond immediately and make decisions. We've talked about that in the interview, right, where someone's actually sure. – as soon as they take a look First at you. First impressions. But, right. Yeah. But we can say, okay, yeah, if you – you know, that's what's happening in an interview. But – as a teacher, that's I think the heart, the thing I have to I have to keep working on. You know, lessons relearned. Don't judge the kid, mm. because what's happening is then I make I can make a mistake. I mean, I'm not saying that it's wrong sometimes, right? There's a certain kid who has an attitude. There, they got their head down on the first day of class, and you're talking, and they're looking out the window already. Oh and, no, and I, and I and I think for in in that matter, whether it's you know based solely on you know appearances, the way that we've been talking about it, but I think you know. A certain amount of experience you put, you, you try to look at all the factors, um, and we're probably right more often than we're wrong, but but allow for that we will be wrong some of the time. Well, I'm not okay. Maybe the better way to say it is that I don't think I'm right enough. Mm. No, you're never right. I'm, I'm wrong more often than I should. We be. all like to be hundred percent right. Okay, so right, so we have the situation where there's a student, and let's say either in appearance or attitude, and you have to remember, hey, suspend judgment, hold off. Yeah, but that's kind of also like when you walk into the classroom that first day, right? Well, and, and yeah, and the, the exactly one of the other things I was, I was just going to mention is that you know going from this individual kid, one of the other the classes that you and I talk about, you know, our Monday morning first period classes, right? Mm-hmm. That's come up here several times, um, and um, yours seems to be a little more problematic than and mine, mine is mine. second period, by the way. <laughs> so I have a yeah, problematic have first period class, second period, yes. So. So these guys, and, and I, you know, I've, in the past, I've, I said they're characterized, they're, they're good kids. They're just quiet. Mm. And, you know, they, and now, you know, at the end of the semester, they're starting to talk a little bit and, and surprising me when they do um, because they are <laughs> capable of so much more than I would have guessed. You know, you can't guess the reason for their, you know, their quietness, their, their, um, uh, you know, decision not to talk, um, but they're actually doing. They're, they're they're speaking more. They're actually doing much better. And I I kind of assumed that you know oh, the reason that they're so quiet is like I'm just not hitting their buttons. I don't I don't I'm not doing something right. I mean they don't whatever it is. There's something about me that they don't like. That's not turn on. I'm not motivating them. Whatever it is. Um, this class gave me among my highest evaluations for the semester. Um, I have no idea where that comes from. Well, that's kind of interesting, too. It's a little off topic, but I had two classes I was teaching at one school, same subject. And I remember saying to somebody, 
I'm going to get a really good evaluation from this class, <laughs> and the other class is going to rank me lower because I thought just in terms of chemistry and sure. what was happening in the class. And this this other teacher said to me, goes, you know, you're probably going to find out that you're wrong and it's the other way. And lo and behold, that person was right. You the class that I thought head. liked me rank, rated me slightly lower than the class that I thought didn't like me. Mm. So learning that my assumptions are not always right. Yeah, and making, you know, and remembering that next year and making allowances for that possibility of error when you're deciding all kinds of things in terms of assignments, projects, um, your own affect in the classroom, you know, whether you're going right. to be going with a, you know, let's have fun, or it's like, okay, this is a work day, or, you know, I mean, all kinds of th- decisions hinge on that subconsciously mm-hmm. often, but often conscious, but yeah. A lot of subconscious can we, stuff. Can we remember that, right? Well, the goal is actually, as a teacher, and when you're dealing with the effective stuff, the filters especially, is trying to make the subconscious or unconscious things. I mean, actually, if it's subconscious, you're making progress because it's no longer totally unconscious, (laughs) right? Uh But trying to make those subconscious or unconscious filters and emotions and feelings and thoughts come to the surface so you can Mm -hmm. deal with them, which kind of brings up the point of people's concerns about being politically correct and so that you can't say things. And then I don't know how to, for example, for me, to get awareness of what I'm doing and what I'm, you know, the things that I don't have any conscious awareness of. I have to talk with people. I have to express my feelings that I feel this or I feel that. And um, sometimes it's interesting to see that some people can get offended a little bit. And one of those examples is when we talk about um, there are students who you just, they're not interested in, in learning. And you try to bring them along and you change your lesson plans. And I think we talked about this, where you start leveling down yep. your lessons. So because you don't want to lose all the students. Right. And yeah. instead of saying, look, you know, there are students who are going to succeed regardless of what teacher they have. And there are some students who just are not going to succeed in English, let's say, or that class that I'm teaching. And people are like, no, 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 you have to give everybody a chance. And I'm saying, okay, well, maybe a really, really great teacher can do that, but I can't. Hmm. I have to figure out a way to reach the maximum number of students. So that's an interesting situation. But yeah, I've... it's it's important. Yeah, I think exactly what you just said, the the futility of trying to please everybody. And I do that um, every year. And and it's and on the on you know, again, in the teachers room, you know, people say that's commendable, that's heroic, this is um yeah, this is really nice. But actually no. Um because if you're compromising the the quality of the lessons and what you're trying to teach and education for the rest of the class for the sake of one or two kids who really aren't interested in learning um and uh you're then you're not doing a good job um that's maybe not the right use of your time and your resources and so forth you're taking time away from the kids who are motivated want to do a good job for um Kids that aren't going to respond anyway. Of course, I go. Of course, always exceptions, and yeah, you will occasionally be able to turn one of these kids around and stuff. But um, you have to really take a good look at your resource allocation, your time, your energy, um, the overall class experiences. Like, you know, how much time do you want? How much time, energy, and everything else do you want to expend on on that chance? That's true. But I, I make that mistake a lot. I think I. Don't aim at the right point. My mm. attempts at the, uh, you know, the Goldilocks point mm. always is something I always kick myself in the head for. 
Oh, it's it's a, it's it's one of the hardest things that we do, I think. Right, and I think another thing that's also really difficult is allocating attention to the troubled student or the mm. ones who are unmotivated. I always try to be as nice in the beginning as possible. Yeah, and give you what, what you what you feel is like a is, a is fair a chance, fair chance. Yeah, exactly. And then after that, you know, I always. Feel uh, this is, I think, the thing that I'm kicking myself for this year. Turns turn, about you know mistakes that I keep making is I always feel I either spent too much time or not enough time. Hmm. Right? It's it's I just didn't get it right. Like why didn't you know cut my losses at the right time and say to the student, okay, the student's just not going to pass and that's their choice instead of taking it on personally. Whereas on the other hand, I know that. There's probably you know I, I know for a fact that there are students who succeeded in other classes because that the teacher was it was able to respond to them or relate to them in a better mm. way. So mm. yeah, learning the Goldilocks principle might be a good goal for this year. Yeah, and, and something that's um I have to keep reminding myself because it's easy to forget as I, as, as I talked about with the the first student um is so often for me what's worked has been just leaving them lots of leash. Mm. Um, give them some time, give them some space. And, and, and it's real hard. So that's, but, but that by itself is a very difficult balancing act because again, you've got your issue. Sometimes issues of whole class control. Um, how, how disruptive might they be? I mean, physically actually disruptive or just by that, their cloud of apathy uh, infecting the rest of the class. You know, that balance is a really tough one to, to get, but um it's one of the over the years I've found that I'd rather err on the side of um, be of passivity rather than activity. Give them the space rather than like get in their face from the beginning. Contrary to what I said about my other student first, but rather than get in their face, which one is it, Tony? Which one space. is it? Come on, tell us. Tell the balance. Us. The balance. It's the balance. It's the balance. And we talked about you talked about your your golden point. Yeah, it's it's figuring out exactly where that balance is, and then and then that's hard. It's very, very true. Usually, I, I think I'm like you. I would rather err on being careful rather and rather than too aggressive. Yeah. And that's my attitude about cheating. Oh, yeah, just remember that. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then implement it. Yeah. No, 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 you have, I have to remember it before I open my mouth and engage with that student. It's usually yep. that I remember it afterwards where I said, oh, man, oh, you I promised yourself, up, yeah. I promised myself that I would go easy. Yep. And I think I have, but because I do a lot of group work and para work, and that minimizes what an apathetic student can do, at least with their immediate friends, because everybody sits in the same seats pretty much all the time. Mm. Um, and I'll pretty much leave students alone. But if it's like the third or fourth week and I see that the student just never talks to anybody else, and you know, then you have to turn to that student and you say, okay, now t turn your chair so you're facing your partners. <laughs> mm. You know, little things like that. But, yeah, erring on the side of, uh, as I said, you know, like cheating, I'll just, I'd rather be c cool about things rather than assume that my students are cheating and turn strict. Because mm. well, I find that that assumption, the assumption mm. that students cheat and will cheat, yeah. I think actually creates some really kind of a vicious circle. It's a, it's a yeah, it's, 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 it's bad medicine. Yeah. It can, yeah. it can poison things. It can poison because, all kinds of things. It's a bad attitude to have. Yeah, and the reason for that is because I I like my students to grade their own papers. Uh huh. 
And, um, you know, because they get feedback. You know, one of the things I did, um, I do is, you know, as I said, I think we talked about this once. Is, so you're doing a quiz and I'll ask the quiz question. The students will write the answer. And then I have them, you know, pick up a pen, the old red pen, and check their answer after each question so they have immediate feedback. I don't want to lose that opportunity. Right. And I would right. lose it if I just said, well, they cheat. And I find out most of the time, you know, they're they're doing a pretty not fair job of it. Mm. And as long as they know that you're aware. But, okay, so... What other learned lessons, repeated mistakes you're going to work on this year? Repeated things? Oh, well, some of the things that I did better than usual is uh, my um, what I th had thought had been a problem of mine with recycling. Um, you mean recycling materials or recycling? Uh, recycling the information, like the, the material, not material, but the, um, though the content itself mm. for students, reinforcing, uh, doing things again. And I realized that and rather than thinking of it that way, um, I, before I would, given the choice, I would always choose to give them something new, something additional, something beyond, rather than recycle, review, go over what they've already learned. Um, and in my head, it's like, well, yeah, it's, they don't, you know. Again, that that choice. Am I really doing the right thing? And they realize that it probably wasn't. You know, you give them more, and some of it's you, know, you keep throwing mud at the wall, and, and some of it sticks, some of it doesn't. Um, but yeah, for them to really learn it, they're not going to go back over it themselves. That's, that's my job. Mm -hmm. I've got to do that. I've got to incorporate incorporate that into the lessons, and it's more important for them to learn one or two things well than it is to be exposed to four or five things. Right. I think it was Paul Nation who once said that the most important thing you can teach is what you've already taught. Mm. And yeah, I do reviews. I start every class with a review and I end every class with a review. And I've been pretty good about that. Mm. And especially in this, our situation in Japan where students have, what, 15, 16 classes a week? Well, once uh, a week, yeah. And, right. you know, they're, they're not for remembering everything and they're not really reviewing before they get into class. Well, I wouldn't. <laughs> I don't know. I was prepared when I was a college student. Yeah. Right. But the reviews, um, something, but I understand that recycling the material, going over things again, because this attitude of just keep moving on, moving on, moving on. And then you realize that there's no, there's no retention. Mm. So I think that's a good point. That's a good call. Uh, something that I did consciously this year that I probably haven't done that much of before uh, that I noticed that paid big dividends, especially in my listening classes, um, teaching them very early on to take notes. Yeah, that and like the basic study skills, right? Mm. And 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 test taking strategies, you know. So, mm. for example, like this, specifically with this listening class, um, you know, telling them to look at the questions before the tape begins, if they if they can, right? If the test proctor the situation allows for them to look at the the questions and the possible answers beforehand. It gives you big, um, a chance to see what you're supposed to listen for and it makes the listening much easier and your it's score actually much higher. But, um, those kinds of things, um, like, you know, the pre-reading, um, taking notes, what we think of as basic study skills, something that they should have picked up somewhere, but haven't. And it can make a big difference. I think our Japanese university students are used to having handouts. Yeah. Right. And I do, I also do that note taking in the beginning. I use the Cornell note system. Mm -hmm. I print out the Cornell notes. And for people who don't understand, 
aren't familiar with the Cornell note-taking system. It's just a piece of paper divided into three sections, basically. One is for, you know, ideas. The other is for, you know, keywords so that are associated with the ideas you're taking notes on. And then the bottom, you have a little section where you write a summary of the class. But, right, we have to teach students to take notes because I'll write new words on the board, phrases. I'll be, you know, covering the, the board with information, and the students will not write it down. Yeah. Only the say, really this, exceptionally this good students. Word, yes. and somehow they don't reach for a pencil. It's like, how, where does that disconnect? Mm. They just haven't been taught. Well, right. I wonder what goes on in high school. I don't know. Or is it that when they get into college, they think that, okay, I don't need to take notes anymore? Maybe. I don't know. Good question. We've been yeah, here a long time, them. and we still don't know the answer to that question. <laughs> well, we got we got to ask them. We, gotta, we ask them about it. Yeah, and I usually get the answer. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll ask my my difficult class what they think. Yeah, yeah, it's worth worth some time, worth some classroom time. Sure. Okay. Anything else? Oh God! <laughs> you, you I was just trying. I was hoping the episode was finished. Yeah. Well, <laughs> this could have possibly turn out to be our longest long, episode. Long list here. Glad learning curve again. But this one, this one is, is this one is, is valuable. And I think this is uh, something worth thinking about, and I hope that I remember it next year. Um, when uh, you, you know setting up your classes and things, what would you have your students do for grades and things? Manageable projects, and I, on the one hand, of course, manageable, you know, for the student, realistic expectations, what, how much work they need to do, difficulty level, etc. But also for you, you know, think it through. Um, um, for you, what's the time commitment? Is, is it classroom time? Is it outside of the class? Um, what's the workflow going to be? What's the evaluation going to be like? What's the product going to be like? Think carefully about what you, um, you know, not only what you're asking for the kids to do, but think also very carefully about what kind of commitment you're making there for yourself. Um, you can have you can have re- these really great, uh, rich educational projects that you have kids do but if it's going to break your back at the end of the semester you really got to rethink it you know it's like mm. you just keep yourself out of the hospital because right. so, some of the things that i had i did last year and in, in the first semester it's like came the end of the semester and it was like i think we talked about it it's like you know you're, you're basically done with your grading i said oh geez i got right i'm changed to this desk for the next three weeks Right. But um, I think that's because I do. I have the students do a lot of self evaluations, mm-hmm. right? And then they evaluate the other groups. They evaluate themselves, and they evaluate the people in their groups. Mm. I do a lot of you know self grading, so that the students have to do a more self reflection. I mm-hmm. think that saves me a lot of time. Yeah, yeah. So that's an example of the kind of thing to think it through. It's right. like, okay, so you're going to have this project. Like, how are you going to? How what's the evaluation going to be? Who's going to do it? How much time is required? How can you rejigger that so that it becomes a little bit easier on you? Right. And I know because that... Because it... Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just thinking that there are people I know who would say, no, you shouldn't. You should spend hours, you know, reviewing right. and going over the student's work and grading it and et cetera, et cetera. And I have an argument, which is that, you know, it's po- very possible that it might be a better choice of my time to have a simpler grading system and then I can spend more time reading what other teachers are doing. That's it. That's it. That's you know, which it. Every... is going to reward me as a teacher? Which is going to be better for my students? Slaving over papers and a and a very ineffective or inefficient workflow or really, you know, minimizing and streamlining my workflow and then saying, you know what, I'm refreshed now. You know, I'm ready to start really listening to some lectures on the, you know, the web yeah. or reading some stuff about what other people are doing, some research and figuring out how I can be a better teacher. 
right. Sorry, every, that's every, a slam every, dunk to me. Yeah, well, every every hour that you're spending you know, spending over those student papers, another hour that you're not spending on doing something else, planning or a development, self development, all those other things. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, there's my pet peeve too, which is uh, I think we've talked about this before, and this was um, when we both worked at that program. Mm-hmm. That the goal is you want your teachers to be at peak performance in the classroom. You don't want them at peak performance at a desk grading papers. There you go. I guess that's a perspective some people yeah. don't have. Yeah. But going back to the streamlining and the workflow and things, you know what I've been really, really thinking about? Um, I, actually, you're going to be the first person I'm even tossing this out on. I've been actually just trying to figure out whether or not I'm going to create a, um, like a A grade, B grade, and C grade track for my students and let them opt in. You know, and that if a student, you know, so I say, look, you know, some of you want to work really hard. Some of you are, you know, kind of want to work a little bit hard. And some of you just want to get the credits for the class. And I'm going to create like different kinds of tracks and what, you know, each student has to achieve. And a student, you know, enrolls in a track, makes a decision about what their commitment is. And if you're, for example, you enroll in the C track, right, the highest possible grade you can get a C, but the amount of work you do is less than, let's say, what somebody wants to do for an A track. I don't know. I think that that would really work well if you somehow, you know, again, how do you gauge this? How do you measure this? I yeah. have no idea. But if you have a mature class, mm. I think that would work. I mean, I've been, I've had that thought and um, it's been rolling around in the back of my mind. I've never implemented it. Uh, but um, yeah, that, that has a lot of appeal. But I think the student, whether or not the students are mature or not, the students are opting for that track, right? In uh. terms of how much work they do. So this way I can say when a student says that, you know, okay, I've opted for the C track, which is minimal proficiency, let's right. say, then I can say, okay, fair enough. Then I don't have to get you on your case. You don't have to spend your energy on I that. don't have sure. to worry about that. And the students who, and I, you can even say, if you opt for the C track, I will expect you to do the minimal amount of work. You'll receive less feedback or less time with me. And please make a choice. And of course, I can hear people screaming in the background. Yeah, right. I'm not, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll play. I'll play devil's advocate here and say, like, "Well, no, but your job is to get those people who are choosing the C track and to make them aspire to the A track." And, and then I would say that, "Oh, yes. Well, in terms of motivational theory, right now, and self-regulated learning, right? It's like yeah. we talk about autonomous learners. We talk about that, right? Hmm. So they're, they're, you know, I, I, I made choices when I was 18, 19, 20 in college." There were certain classes, right? Some, and I'm still paying for those. And I'm still yeah, paying for those classes, for right? Damn it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, don't remind me. But I'm wondering, you know, is that a way? <laughs> it's my, my comment on maturity. Yeah, so much for that. That's where it's coming from, correct? Is sure, that, from uh, my own experience. Previous experience. But I'm wondering whether that allow, if it's possible to do that. I have no idea what the... I hope you try it next year. Well, the other thing I've been thinking about, and this is um, based on uh, this year and looking back and what mistakes I made, is the issue of motivation. Mm-hmm. And I think we both agree that there are some <clears throat> students who you know, are not going to make it and there are some students who are going to make it without us. And we come into the question of, you know, is it the teacher's responsibility to motivate students? And I kind of have a hard time with that to some degree. Yeah, I, I have less so, and I because I, I, I think that that's maybe a, a major part of the job is is motivating because I think for from my perspective, it's like, that is what I've got to do because if you motivate them, then they can teach themselves. Okay, but are you then 
just simply if someone can teach themselves are you really motivating them i mean are you are you stoking the flame are you stoking the fire or are you just being enthusiastic in the classroom about teaching and learning and those students who want to ride on that kind of aura jump on board well it doesn't necessarily mean that i'm going to be enthusiastic the thing is to make them enthusiastic and you can do that all different kinds of ways and things that work different things work with different kinds of students um but yeah, I think I think yeah, you've got to. That's a, that is the teacher's job. You got to you got to motivate them. You can't just go in there and teach. You can't talk to teach to a to to an empty room or to desks and things. You've got to have some kind of connection with those kids to make them want to do it. Because if you don't, if they don't want to do it, they're not going. Well, number one, they're not going to do it. Number okay. two, even if you force them to do it, or they do it because they they need it to pass, it's not going to stick. They're not really going to learn. Okay, but it's got, it's got to be that, that that's I think learning that's got to come from within. I understand that, and I'm yeah. playing devil's advocate to, to yeah, a degree yeah, here yeah. too. But I go in, I'm enthusiastic. I try. But there's to, some kids. That don't there's some. There's yeah. There are some, some kids who just not gonna don't motivate. don't aren't you? You're not going to be able to you're motivate. Not gonna, no, you're not going to get everybody. That, that's you're not going to get everybody right. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's. And how do you deal with that? That that's the question, right? How do, do you, I deal with that do, without do keep, feeling keep, bad this keep year? Keep beating your head against the wall. Do right, you, right. You write them off. Do you give them that uh, C option? And think, yeah. How do you? I don't. I don't have an answer for that, but mm-hmm. um, that's a problem. So you've got the kids who, no matter what you do, are not going to um, drink the Kool Aid. Are not going to get on the wagon, and they're not going to. They're not going to join the parade. Um, what do you do about that? And how do you treat them fairly? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. What's fair for them? What's fair for you? What's fair for the other kids in the class? That's right. really hard. It's yeah, and I hard. think part of it is that if it was just a, if it were a simple class where you were lecturing and they were taking notes and then there were tests, I wouldn't care about the unmotivated oh, sure. student. Yeah. But I have my students as you know, eighty percent of my class are students working together, and yeah. that unmotivated student is negatively impacting on a motivated student. So I'm wondering. Again, I bang my head in the wall, you know, and those motivated students, I can see that they feel a little bit held back. Oh, yeah. There's no, there's, uh, we talked about like, you know, uh, misgaging and and, and misjudging uh, students and things. And we talk about, we're talking right now about the unmotivated kids, but at the other end of the spectrum, right? Mm. Sometimes you really have no sense of how hard people are trying Mm-hmm. Or how much they're putting into the class. Um, so just uh, just before the break, uh, the uh, the, one, the school and the schools where I teach they they jiggle the schedule to allow for like a, a special Christmas uh, chapel hours. It's actually, it's, I've never gone, but I've heard it's quite nice with the or, they have really nice organ and singing and things. But it's an extended thing. So they juggle the schedule, and what happens is a lot of the classes get pushed up. And long story short, second period begins an hour earlier. So if you show up on time for your regular class, you're an hour late, which students often do, which <clears throat> I have done <laughs> in the past. Um, and will not do in the future. I will not do that anymore in the future. I check almost every week. Do we have a normal schedule this week? Do we have a normal schedule this week? Um, but, yeah, a handful of kids come in an hour late. And it's like, well, you know, I, they know me at this point. I've had them since April. <clears throat> they understand the atmosphere of the class. It's like, oh, yeah, we're human beings. We make mistakes. We screw up. Especially in a situation like this, which, you know, of course, in the typical fashion, the, the changes are not uh, that well communicated. Um, 
and the after class, you know, she was kind of hanging, the kid was hanging around. So I was engaged with some other students, bought some other things and left. She then hunted me down and uh, saw her like in the, in Kilmuka, right? In the, in the student affairs office. And she's there with a couple of her comrades. And she's apologizing to me for being late, crying. And this is this is a this is a model student. She tries so hard all the time. She she takes notes. She asks questions. She's she's this little Poindexter, and she's just gung ho. I mean, she's she's done everything perfectly. I mean, she's your dream student. And mm. this kid's crying because she one day she was an hour late. Wow! It's like whoa! And it's like you know you you. you you know, like I said, you can. I could see that she was trying all year, and it's just you know, working hard. But the depth of it, damn, <laughs> it, it knocks you back, right? Mm. You, you could be so wrong both ways, right? Yeah, it's really true. <clears throat> it's so true. Some of these students really are making massive efforts. Yeah. And so anyway, it doesn't it, show up. Yeah, you, you can't see how many hours they're working at home so that yeah. they can do their the uh, homework properly. Yeah, you just really, sometimes class. you just really don't know. You really yeah. don't know. Yeah, that's the other thing. That's a mistake I constantly make is um, judging somebody based on their English levels, their English ability, right? Ooh, we talked about one. this one, right? Yeah. Where you assume that if somebody can't speak to you in English, that somewhere deep inside, I'm making this judgment that they're not sure. too bright. And then I think yeah. about myself and with my Japanese ability and think, well, you know, I'd be, I'd be a two-digit IQ if somebody evaluated sure. me. Based, sure. Actually, and I think it would be in the lower 40s, Yeah. right? Absolutely. Um, so uh, trying to remember that one. And also the, the, the flip side of that, too, is that um, there are some students who very are able to speak very well, but might not have the intellectual abilities you think they have. Sure. There's all yeah. kinds of ways to, to misjudge. Oh, that's a list that doesn't stop. Uh, if, I can, if I can shorten that list, I'll be happy. Well, one of the things in it's like misjudging and, and, you know, bringing prejudice in and, um, you know, what kind of, you know, first impressions, what we think would say, and how that affects, you know, our interaction with the student or, or the class, um, our evaluation, everything else. And something that I think um, we've had some beginnings of, of change and some small signs of change, which are only, I think, going to get much, much bigger in the years, and it may be very quickly, is um, the question of gender and not not the male-female thing as well. I guess it's the male-female, the male, the male and female, or the male or female, or the whole uh, question of um, you know transgender students in the oh, classroom, okay. homosexual right. students in the classroom, which until now have been, in Japan specifically, pretty invisible. Or, you know, it might have been obvious to, you know, to a practice size, like, oh, Something happened here, but it was all always, you know, you know, way below the surface. No one mm. talked about it whatsoever. However, that's changing really fast. Mm, that's a good point. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I was mentioning to you that uh, I'm very sure that I have a transgendered student uh-huh. in one of my classes. And I, I, that's an area where I have, I think, almost no prejudice at all with people. Um, I'm pretty open-minded about that. And I just don't know whether, you know, should I say something, not say something, um, just ignore the situation. But I, I know that it's one of those things where I'm ask, asking myself, what's the right thing to do? 
And that's important, but I don't know. I don't know. Well, sure yeah, always, always, always important as, you know, to think about what the right thing to do is. Um, and the, if you're thinking about it, you're, 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 I think you're three steps ahead, but a lot of times this type, type of thing is happens with when we don't think about it, you know, when right. we don't notice the, for example, this person in the class and there might be something that we say. Yes. Yes. Oh, I hate that. One. When you, well, just something like talking about marriage, right. Mm. And you, you use the, the pronouns like him and her. It's like, Think again. Say okay, not a husband wife, but okay, maybe the maybe the word partner is a better yeah. word. Well, I can use. toot my horn about that, on my own horn about this. But for years and years and years now, going on must be more than ten years. I always talk about partners, and when yeah, I talk same. about marriage, I always bring up you know uh, people. I say, hey, some of you, some people will get married to someone of the opposite sex, and somebody you know because this is before gay marriage. I say some people will spend their lives with um, someone of the same sex. And I've always taught my students the term partner or significant other, as we say in America. So I can at least toot my horn that way. But I th- did. I think I was, I told you the story that happened with this one transgendered student I have, possibly. And um, it's what you said about saying the wrong thing. Mm. And the students in class, so I download, because um, our, our attendance sheets are available from the school's website. And there's, you know, the, the secure site. And it has a student number, name, and it always has gender. Uh-huh. And I noticed that the student had, you know, their gender, but they were appearing as a different gender. And then someone was talking to this student, um, and I think it's someone who's transitioning to male. And one of the professors addressed him as Nantoka-kun. And I was surprised because I I'd realized that it's it's a, a female name, a Japanese female name, not a male name. Uh-huh. And he, the professor used the term kun, and I was a little surprised. And then I kind of went, oh, okay, so maybe somebody knows something, which would be great, I was thinking, because that means that the university is being supportive of this person, because this person is, you know, in, in the school is relatively, you know, um, what's the word, not influential, but um, involved. Mm-hmm. But nobody told me, yeah. and I'm kind of interacting with the student in an uncertain, unclear way. But what was very strange was um, there I was in the restroom the other day, the men's restroom, and there was that student. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, should what do you do? Right? Should I? This is an opportunity to talk about the issue and let somebody know that I'm also supportive and think it's great. Or you know, anyway, it was one of those really strange moments where I just didn't know what was the right thing to do. Mm. Of course, there's always the rule, which is like, never say anything. They don't, don't do anything. Don't say anything. Just pretend. Well, that's but, certainly the rule in Japan. You know, right. Don't see it. Don't don't react to it. Yeah. So that's, I think you're right. There's a big change going on. That seems to be happening very quickly in the world. Oh, also. it's so fast. It's so huge. I had, I had, a, I had a guy come, basically come out in class and in you know, discussion, talking with um, you know, a group of kids mm-hmm. about his experience overseas. And just like, oh, no, it was a man. And they, they were at first confused. Like, oh, no, no, you mean she? He goes, no, 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 he. And like, oh, this is our first. Yeah. And um, uh, you might notice, um, I'm, I'm sure at one or a school that you've either teaching now or have taught in the past where students will make use of the uh, unused blackboards for, you know, the club activities and so forth and so on, you know, come to the tennis club and, or different parties and things that they're having. And um, 
something that I never would have predicted even a year ago or two years ago. There, along with the uh, the uh, you know invitation to the, you know, come try the tennis club, come try the hiking club, come to the music, the singing club. Uh, the other thing was the LBGT um, Twitter group um, supporting all the um, oh, sexual minor sexual minorities. Yes, uh, but it was bi- it was bilingual. It was in Japanese and in English. Right. Uh, it's like, whoa, this is <laughs> things are really changing. Things yes. are really changing and changing quickly. Very fast. Yeah. So, um, I mean, listen to ourselves, listen to anyone listening. It's like, yeah, heads up. And um, I think another level of sensitivity, uh, you know, maybe in order with things. Yeah. Uh, yeah it, but isn't that, isn't that the bottom line, Tony? It's every, every year, every few months, it's just, I'm always having to hit myself for that. Just, I need to develop another level of sensitivity. Mm. It's almost never that I should be stricter. It's never that I should be less tolerant or something else. It's always, I need to be a little bit nicer. I need to be a little kinder. I need to be, or a lot kinder, a lot nicer, and a lot more sensitive. But yeah, the we have to become aware of just what our students really need and treating them respectfully. And you know, I sometimes think too, in 20 or 30 years, we're going to be shocked by the isms we're guilty of. Mm. We have no idea. Right. I mean, in 75 years, I wonder if people are going to look back at us and said, they drove cars, <laughs> they polluted the earth. <laughs> they, they put burning weeds in their mouth. Right, right. <laughs> they, they, they ate animals. What kind of what kind of people are these? So it's it's important. So I'm happy to see that happening, though, that mm. students are coming out and that there's more openness. And overall, the students seem pretty cool with each other about it. Um, but I hope that I'm, you know, ha- able to stay one step ahead of the curve. Yeah, I I, I, I kind of pat myself on the back. I did I did a good job on that this year. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So anything Thanks. else you think that you're going to be working on? What What about, okay, goals? Yeah, I got two, I got two things. Yeah. What, 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 go ahead. No, I was going to say goals. goals, but if you have two more things, then let's go. No, I said, well, I talked about, talking about goals but before about like the projects and things. Okay, realistic, right? Realistic for the kids, realistic for the teacher and management and so forth and so on. Um, and just in, in, you mentioned goals. I, I don't know exactly where you're going with it, but yeah, you know, just being you know realistic, realistic goals. I don't know. What else about goals? Oh, just I was wondering if you have, if there's anything you want to work on this year as a teacher, but... Yeah, just making it, just making sure that it's doable. I mean, you you really need to it hinges back on our, our our judgments and and guessing and okay, what what are these kids capable of? Um, where do I want to set the bar? Um, and making sure that it's attainable because uh, I you know I've screwed up with that too. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to try to. I think a big goal is not just trying to use my time more efficiently, but figuring out how to use their time more efficiently. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Right. How can I optimize the classroom a little bit better? You know, what things can I do? And I'm also trying to figure out, again, how to allow students to make choices on their commitment to learning. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, and you take you responsibility for that, yeah. yeah. Oh, but one thing I should mention, um, this, was a, this was a lesson learned. We're talking about goals. I know I'm going backwards. But... I think we've talked that both of us use spreadsheets all the time. In fact, that was our, our previous episode. Right. Right. And 
a teacher was watching me said, I thought you used spreadsheets. Why are you entering the records by hand also? And I said, you know, it's just another form of backup. And I got lucky. I went to the spreadsheets and for some odd reason, there'd been some problem with the spreadsheet and two weeks of data were just not present. Ooh. And I went to Dropbox in the previous version. I thought I'd be able to find something for the month of December and it wasn't there. Ooh. Yeah, very strange, right? But there it was on paper. So I'm going to remind myself that writing, using paper records as a form of backup, not as a calculation system. Or even just, just printing out. Right? Or printing out. Right, exactly. Printing out every time I enter and complete a spreadsheet. It's a really good idea, actually, right? It's yeah. just printed out. And then I have a week-by-week -week record. And then everything's safe. Right. So I just want to say to people out there, you know, the old style of hard copy is one, of, it is one of the best <laughs> forms of backup. Right. So I got to make sure I do that this year. That's one of my things to learn. Yeah. Totally unaffected by magnetic pulse. Maybe or something. It was one of those <laughs> weird things where, you know, the, the spreadsheet wouldn't fill the whole screen. The window yeah. wouldn't enlarge. So I should have known something was wrong. The gamma, the gamma rays. Okay. So here we are. We got the whole year ahead of us. and um, which oh, means... I, got, I got a couple of more. I guess I really? I thought we were finished. More. No, no. I said I had two more. I still am holding on to them. Wait, you still have the two more? I still have the two more. Hello, everyone, and welcome you, you, to our next episode. You threw in the goals. You threw in the goals. <laughs> oh, it was my fault. Right, right, right. Yeah. Oh, that's what I want to work on this year is uh, accepting responsibility for my mistakes and not putting them on the other person. <laughs> Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Nah, that's no. Um, <laughs> so I talked a little bit about uh, projects and you know creating like this um, you know the, the richest educational you know experience that you can for people. And I did that this year with uh, uh, reading classes, and they're ostensibly a lot on paper. They're a lot closer than they really are in level, so they're actually required like three different preps. Of course, um, it's really really hard to find. Um, a decent reading textbook, especially when you yes. have kids only for one semester and it has to be under 2,000 yen. Wow. Pause Pause for dramatic effect. Yeah, so, of right. course, uh, um, went with no textbook and just went through, um, you know, pretty much uh, uh, two semesters of hell trying to find material for these, for a reading class for three separate classes on the same day. Um, and just... Uh, if it take my my only thing for next year's what I've learned from that is to really make the effort to um, find a, a better textbook, even if it's not the ideal textbook. Mm -hmm. well, luckily for me, um, with this particular school, I've, there's been a you know, kind of a very easy way to manipulate the system into um, making it a lot easier for me. Where I they kind of backwards. If you, if you use a textbook, then they will give you the classes geared toward the textbook. So you can only have to use one. So that's three preps down to one. Hmm. And so in general, well, one lesson learned, you know, know the system and two, uh, yeah, even a, an adequate textbook might, might be better than no textbook. Uh, and you're always free to supplement, you know, with, with things that you think are important or things that the textbook doesn't cover that well. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that next year. Mm. And the last thing, the last thing that I've got is um, kind of a reminder, but you know, something we need to like hit ourselves over the head with. And so we can, you know, cause we don't think about it all the time, how important it is to um, 
teach by showing rather than teach or by showing or by doing rather than teaching by explaining. Ah, 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 ah. An example is better than a definition. Absolutely. All right, the time. Right, and, and, you right. Know, not, good one, good one. Good just one. because of the education system here, um, yeah, model. I mean, it, 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 it goes beyond education. If you get martial arts, right, the teacher never talks. You just do it this way. Just follow my model. Follow my example. Do this. No, your hand moves this way. No, this way. No. Look at my hand. Do it this way. There's no explanation. Don't move to this point and turn it 45 degrees. No, just watch. Copy. Watch. Copy. Shoto. Watch. Copy. Watch. Copy. This is something the kids know how to do. Um, and that's really important for a teacher to remember because that's what, that's how they know how to learn and they will do it and you give them good models they will copy the models and they will they will excel um i talked about this and forgot it promptly um uh earlier in the year when i talked about one of those classes that taught me how to teach them one, one thing that they were able to do was to create their own dialogues based on a model memorize it and recite I remember it. you told me about that course, right? right yeah and, and okay duh. but yeah that's it's applicable you know at different levels all the way around so this year um at one of the schools there was an emphasis um on uh speech a speech contest and um yeah hit them hit the kids that i had you know the kids were the classes that were involved Really hard with just examples, you know. A lot of you know, it, it's it's great because we've got the great resources now on, on YouTube mm. and um, on on iTunes. You know, the TED Talks, um, all kinds. You know, you want to see Clinton's speech, you can get got it. You got Jobs, you can you got it. You've got all kinds of ready models there. You w let them watch. You show how you copy what they do, in in, in step it down to a student speech level. Um, combine all the other things and then say, okay yeah do that and they do mm. and they they do really well yeah you know i i understand that i think with speeches it probably works well i'm wondering how how much space they need for finding their own voice right and kind of riffing i think i think the kids maybe better than we would as americans right we, okay. we kind of find that kind of restrictive okay i think they almost find it liberating because i had you wouldn't, wouldn't believe what I got out of these kids. Um, I well, had, knowing you, Tony, I'm sure you got a lot out of them. But. Well, I had, I had two kids talking about how they were abused. This whoa, was their speech. Whoa. How they were abused as kids. I had another kid talk about her bout with uh, anorexia in high school. Wow. This framework, I'm, I'm pretty convinced, gave them the, gr the groundwork, the, the, the background, the structure for them to riff within that structure. I mean, that's what they need it because otherwise they're just dealing with the structure. They don't, they, 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 they lose the content because they're dealing with the structure. You give them the structure and then they are then liberated to provide their own content. And it was like, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. And you know, I could, I, I kind of do something a little similar, I think with presentation classes a little bit, but I was thinking from a writing perspective, I don't like that. Mm. Because they're, it's not forcing them to make the logical connections yeah, that I get straight yeah, to. Yeah, but yeah, I can yeah. see how you're right that in a presentation class, freeing somebody to focus on the content by giving them the form right. is a very nice move. But I found that that does not work in writing. 
because I then I get, agree with you, I get yeah. real mechanical kind of connections and because yeah. that's what I've been struggling with. And, you know, and we can talk about that in a later. Yeah, and episode. some some teachers would be happy with that. I mean, it's mechanically perfect, and it's like oh, there. But like, you, yeah, you and I both is like that's 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 not the product I want. That's not the goal. Well, right. It's I mean, not, that's not the goal to pr- produce these mechanically perfect things. We want a little bit something yeah. a little bit different. Yeah. Well, it's a whole other episode. When but yeah. just to put the you know to kind of dance around it just real mm. lightly is that I've been really just struggling with how do I teach my students logical connections, right? You know, I'll, they'll, they'll give me a paper and I'll say, this doesn't logically connect. And I'm trying to think, how do you teach logic? Mm. How do you teach that? So that's been a big thing. So I think that's when we talk, I talked about goals before. Mm. One of the things I'm going to really work out is how to teach Figure out what are the steps, what kind of processes to help students develop logical thinking. Right? Uh, good, good point. Right. Good Not, point. Instead of just teaching it, you know, that this doesn't connect. Look, here's a model, the real step by step. So I think this year, you know, um, I'm got to work on that. But I really like what you got out of those students. That's oh, great. You, you should have seen me in class. I was wet in my pants. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was fantastic. Yeah, yeah those it are one of those. jaw dropping, man. I've had classes like that. Yeah. But that was because the dynamic of the class was really great. And, you know, one student, um, this is back in the old days when I used to do something called student news. And uh-huh. that, but I had the same class three days a week. Uh, makes a big be... difference. Makes a, and this isn't a class that meets only one time. It's almost week. like real education. Jeez. A, a distant, a distant concept. Okay. Well, anything you want to add at this point? I'm, I think I'm done. I think I'm done with the, with the, with the, with the topic. So yeah, I mean, that's what we learned. Okay. Well, I don't know. Uh, or tried to learn or that's how we screwed up. And hopefully we'll remember last year. We'll, we won't be here next year. Make talking about the same mistakes that we made last year. Well, at least now we have a record and yeah. we'll be able to, compare. we can, we can listen to it ourselves. <laughs> that's right. And say, Oh no, I did that again. And actually, well, and if we do this for a couple of years, we'll find out that this one episode can just be recycled. There we go. We can just <laughs> replay play it all right, and um, there were some other things we were going to ask our audience. Oh yeah, well, look at the, 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 the year ahead, right? The year ahead, we're looking forward to um, uh, inviting. Well, first we're of all, invite anybody in way, right? out there. Yeah, expanding. Um, if anybody's got something to say, um, we'd like to have you on. I mean, there's no, there's nothing technically that prohibits us from having a third voice, and we have a couple of ideas. One. Um, that we, you know, of course, no details. We have not nailed anything down, but uh, one on the on the topic of games, uh, how different games kind of games you can in use in the classroom, and, and yeah, in the classroom, and uh, you know what what specifically what games, what their benefits are, which how they work, how you know, and the, a lot of brass tech, you know, nitty gritty. How do you make it work, and how do you adjust it for classes and things, um, and um, also you know, not and take it out of the classroom a little bit. What about uh, textbooks, mm. yeah, writing textbooks, right? Because a lot of us are uh, we kind of, right, you know, a lot of us heavy into materials preparation. Uh, we put together, you know, a certain volume and it's like, well, hey, this would make a, this would make a good book. Well, a lot of people have had that idea. Some people have succeeded and others people, other people haven't. Um, and maybe to get somebody who's had some, uh, some things uh, produced, some people have things published uh, to talk about what's involved with all of that. And um, maybe at some point, also getting some of the student voices. Mm, right. Uh, you know, because we're talking about them and there's some alien creature and uh, might be interesting to have some direct kickback from 
from our charges. So if you have students who you think would enjoy being on the show, or you'd also enjoy being on the show talking to us and then being interviewed by us, although I have no idea what that would be like. <laughs> I don't know if I'd like to be interviewed by us. I certainly wouldn't. Well, that's why we're going to interview other people instead. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and remember, if you if you send us your name, you're volunteering so that you do not have the right to complain about your treatment later. But we'd appreciate hearing from people on any topic you think would be interested, interesting for the audience, and that you're interested in. You're right. Even whether whether you're interested in appearing or talking on the on on the show or not, just the ideas are always welcome because. Um, yeah, I mean, so it's about we're trying to do things, you know, and not only, you know, obviously so far, you know, talking about a lot of things that interest us, but we're interested in delivering what other people are interested too, because it helps us expand our horizons and exactly. it's just nice to share. That's exactly true. And so you can send your ideas to two teachers talking at gmail.com. Okay. That's two teachers, no spaces, no dashes, two teachers no talking or anything, yeah. no periods. That's two teachers talking at uh, and the website too, two 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 teachers talking dot com, and we're available on iTunes, and that's two and, teachers uh, talking, and it's and also on Skype if you want to leave a voice message which we could play you know that would also be kind of cool and also at guess two teachers talking, okay, okay so twenty thirteen bring it on here we are and okay, we have final, survived we have survived finals the, ahead of us and grades ahead of us and. But Another semester will finish in, in about, can. what, four weeks for me? Well, it depends. Yeah, it depends. Some, right. people, some people are done. Some people are got a few weeks to go. Some people got six weeks to go. I got I got a long haul. I have a long haul, five or six so. weeks to All right, Tony. So we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Talk to you Very later. Very good. Yeah, Alrighty. Take okay, care. Bye.